time of peace at that time. And remember, Israel, where it was located, was surrounded by all these major nations that were continually trying to take them over. Right? So again, right now we're in a time of peace. Now, the big antagonist comes along, or the big problem of the story. Let's read verses 9 and 10. Zerah the Cushite marched out against them with an army of thousands upon thousands and 300 chariots and came as far as Merisha. Asa went out to meet him and they took up battle positions in the valley of Zephthah near Merisha. So this Zerah the Cushite is, a, you know, some say he's from Ethiopia, this major monarch. Thousands upon thousands. So some would say they literally had a million men that he came. And we don't know what provoked him. Again, in that time, I think they just wanted to take stuff over. You know, so they come and, and they come and march against Asa. And so Asa here has about 600,000 men, but either way, he's way outnumbered. And remember what happens if they get taken over, right? Asa would be killed. His sons and daughters and wives would probably be enslaved. The people of Israel would be enslaved. So this is, this is a bad situation, right? I, sometimes we can't grasp it when we read over those two verses, but this is a very bad situation. I want to focus in on Asa's response to this. This is verse 11. This is a prayer that I just, I hope you guys can walk away with as like a prayer of deliverance for kind of the things that come up in your own life. Look back on this verse. This is what Asa prays. Then Asa called to the Lord his God and said, Lord, there is no one like you to help the powerless against the mighty. Help us, Lord our God, for we rely on you and in your name we have come against this vast army. Lord, you are our God. Do not let mere mortals prevail against you. I love it. It's, it's such a prayer of humility, right? Lord, I'm powerless. The mighty is against me. I'm totally powerless. Would you deliver me? We rely on you. This enemy, this thing that's coming against me is actually, he says it's coming against you because you are my ally. I think what's key about this is because Asa had for years sought the Lord, because he had gotten to know the Lord, because he had gotten to know this Lord that is a deliverer, he was able to pray this prayer. Isn't that so true? We, we got to know God in order to know how to pray to Him, right? We got to know God in order to, when stuff comes in our lives, we can go to God and say, this is how you can help God. If we don't know God, we don't know to turn to Him. And what do we turn? We turn to whatever else in our life that we think is the right thing to go to. And this is a call for us to say to know God and then to know to turn to Him in those times of problems. So here, verse 12 through 15, the Lord struck down the Cushites. So the Lord answers in a powerful way. The Lord struck down the Cushites before Asa and Judah. The Cushites fled, and Asa and his army pursued them as far as Gerar. Such a great number of Cushites fell that they could not recover. They were crushed before the Lord and his forces. The men of Judah carried off a large amount of plunder. They destroyed all the villages around Gerar, for the terror of the Lord had fallen on them. They looted all these villages since there was much plunder there. They also attacked the camps of the herders and carried off droves of sheep and goats and camels. Then they returned to Jerusalem. So the Lord delivers Asa. It's a major victory. It's one we don't think about or, or hear about very often, but that's an that's a outnumbered two to one almost. And they're able to come through because the Lord delivered them, because 
Asa sought the Lord and asked for his deliverance. Let's keep going. Verse, uh, chapter 15. The Spirit of God came on Azariah, son of Oded. He went out to meet Asa and said to him, Listen to me, Asa and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you when you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. For a long time, Israel was without the true God, without a priest to teach, and without the law. But in their distress, they turned to the Lord, the God of Israel, and sought him, and he was found by them. In those days, it was not safe to travel about, for all the inhabitants of the lands were in great turmoil. One nation was being crushed by another, and one city by another, because God was troubling them with every kind of distress. But as for you, be strong and do not give up, for your work will be rewarded. Okay, so this crazy huge victory just happens, right? Asa just defeats an army that's almost two to one outnumbering him. What would be the normal response? Or, or maybe I'll just tell you what would have been my response. I would have been like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That was good military prowess. Who's coming next? I got Babylon. Man, Pharaoh, you can come back. You know, I'm, I'm ready to take on anything right now. Right? Isn't that so easily our response? It's like, hey, pride can easily well up when we have something, a victory that big. And I love it because God knows the heart of people. And it says that the Spirit of God came upon Azariah. And what does Azariah do? He goes to King Asa and, and he doesn't congratulate him. Remember, this is a king. This is the biggest, this is like the most important guy in the land. He doesn't say like, oh, great job. That was an awesome, you know, awesome work. You're, you know, was, that camel and, and chariot pincer was awesome. You know, he didn't, he didn't talk about that. He said, Seek the Lord. If you seek Him, you will find Him. If you forsake Him, He will forsake you. I think God just pierces any kind of pride that Asa might have had rising, right? He just says, no, no, no. It was me that did this victory. Remember that. When you seek Me, you will find Me. If you forsake Me, you will, I will forsake you. Powerful. I'm so thankful that Azariah had the guts to actually deliver that message. I love Ace's response. Because again, it could have easily been a, a prideful response, but instead, in humility, this is how he responds. This is 8 through 15. When Asa heard these words of the prophecy of Azariah, son of Oded, the prophet, he took courage. He removed the detestable idols from the whole land of Judah and Benjamin and from the towns he had captured in the hills of Ephraim. He repaired the altar of the Lord that was in front of the portico of the Lord's temple. Then he assembled all Judah and Benjamin and the people from Ephraim, Manasseh, and Simeon who had settled among them. For large numbers had come over to them from Israel when they saw that the Lord his God was with him. They assembled at Jerusalem in the third month of the 15th year of Asa's reign. At that time they sacrificed the Lord 700 head of cattle and 7,000 sheep and goats from the plunder they had brought back. They entered into a covenant to seek the Lord the God of their ancestors, with all their heart and soul. All who would not seek the Lord, the God of Israel, were to be put to death, whether small or great, man or woman. They took an oath to the Lord with loud acclamation, with shouting, with trumpets and horns. All Judah rejoiced about the oath because they had sworn it wholeheartedly. They sought God eagerly, and He was found by them. 
So the Lord gave them rest on every side. I love it. It says he took courage. And he goes on a second kind of idolatrous purge in the land. He's not content with that victory, that deliverance that God had given him. He says, okay, I'm going to do even more. You're right, God, you did it. Now I'm going to consecrate myself. I'm going I'm to say yes to you even more. I think that's such a powerful response. I think I see a, a desire for sanctification and for consecration. Those are, those are kind of big Christian words, but let me break them down. Sanctification is just saying, I want to live more like you, God. So when we see the deliverance of God our, in our lives, when we see Him working in our lives in a powerful way, we should say, instead of saying, hey God, you know, thanks for getting me out of this, now I'm going to keep going on my own way. Our response should be, thank you Lord, and now I'm going to seek you even more because I want even more deliverance. I want even more revival. I want even more of your work in my life. I want to live even more supernatural than that. Consecration means setting yourself apart. So we should respond with saying, I want to set myself apart even more to be used by God. One of the things we do in CFTS every year, we do something called the fasted lifestyle. And we ask every student, we say, hey, what can you give up in order to seek God with your whole heart? And they, and they pray through it and, and simple things come to mind. You know, and things that they might not even need to fast from. It's not like, you know, bad things or anything. It's just like, hey, I'm going to fast from media. Hey, I'm, gonna, I'm fasting from alcohol. Hey, I'm fasting from, you know, this kind of comfort that I have in order to seek God. And I think that's what consecration is. It's us choosing what, what, Lord, can I say no to in order to say yes to whatever you want and, and spending time with you. That's what consecration is. So that should be our response. And I see that from Asa. He responds in humility and says, okay, I want to be even more like you, God. I love it. In verse 9, this is powerful. Remember when I talked about the two different kingdoms? The kingdom of Israel had the ten tribes. And the kingdom of Judah had the two tribes. It says in verse 9, people from Israel came over to follow Asa because they saw that he knew the Lord. I would say that he lived a supernatural life. And so people were attracted to that and came to him. Church, revival starts right in here. Right in this room. Right in, right in your own personal life. You know, I was talking last week about how oft, so often we could just pray for revival for like the other people. You know, Lord, revive the lost. Revive our city. Revive our nation. We need it. But it's saying, no, no, no. Revival starts right here in our hearts. And hopefully that's so attractive. Hopefully that's so supernatural that people are attracted and want it. That's what I pray happens in our midst. Verse 11 through 15, major revival among Judah. They entered a covenant to seek the Lord with all their heart. Remember, this is all the people of Israel. Or sorry, all the people of Judah. And if they had close to 600,000 warriors or, or fighters, then they probably had over a million people that are saying, we, we, we are saying, yes, we're seeking you with our whole heart. We're making a covenant to seek you and nothing else. That is powerful. And what's key, I just want to hit this, this theme as well, is verse 15. It says, they sought God eagerly and He was found by them. So the Lord gave them rest on every side. 
gave them rest on every side. And, and in other translations, it's, it can be peace. They gave them peace on every side or peace on every border. Remember, Israel is surrounded by all these other nations and God brought peace to that nation at the time because they sought the Lord. So I want to ask you guys, you know, that peace is this interesting thing for us. All of us have kind of stuff that we're going through. All of us have, you know, reality of being a human is we go through stuff. Hard things, you know? Whether it's relational difficulties. Whether it's financial burdens, lots of debt, or just like you're, you're overcome by finances. Hey, mental health is a real, real thing. Depression, anxiety is rising like crazy amongst us because we're so stressed. Because there's so much expectation on us. Because we've put so much stress on our lives. Suicide rates are increasing. All the more, I mean, I'm thinking of college students. Stress levels are just inc- incredible for you guys. The pressure of, i got to get a job when I get out. And that leads to these things of this turmoil in our lives. It might be health issues, terminal health issues, disease, whatever. I look at a room like this and we all got things. Do you have peace despite those things though? Do you have peace, it talks about in the Bible, that, that surpasses all understanding? That's like, again, that's supernatural. You shouldn't have peace. You have terminal illness, but you can have peace. That's supernatural. You have major relational issues, but you can still have peace. That's supernatural. You're, you have depression, anxiety. And again, that's a real thing, and that's a hard thing to work through. But can we believe that you can actually have peace in your soul? Peace with God? And that's why I, I, I just feel like there's, there's something here for us when we talk about revival and seeking the Lord and, and Him promising that peace will come on every side when we seek Him. I think as well about kind of Ephesians 6.12. This, is, this, is this, this makes it spiritual. It turns it spiritual. Paul says our struggle is not against flesh and blood, right? But it's against the principalities, against darkness, against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Are you dealing right now with kind of lies about your self-worth? Are the, are the things that you ruminate, ruminate on are kind of like, hey, doubt about who you are or doubt about your place in the kingdom of God or doubt about that God loves you? Or do you ruminate on like, I have to earn my way to relationship with God? That's all lies from, from the devil. And God says, I don't want any of that for my children. I can give you peace in those situations. I can deliver you from those things. So our response in these times is to seek the Lord. Our response should be, and I hope you get from the story of King Asa, that when you're dealing with these things, when, when, you, when peace is not kind of what you're experiencing, we can seek the Lord and receive rest on every side. That's a key part to us being revived as a body. I want to wrap up the story of King Asa because I just think it's so significant. Because unfortunately, his life didn't end well. His walk with the Lord was, did not finish well. This is verse, or chapter 16, and I'll just give a, a quick... Uh, actually, this is brilliant writing by the chroniclers because basically there's two enemies that come against him and... 
In one part of his life, Asa responds well, but in the later, latter half of his life, he responds poorly. So King Basha from Israel starts to come in against Asa. And King Asa's like, oh, uh, you know, starts to get worried. So he makes this treaty with this man named Ben-Hadad, this king named Ben-Hadad, who is an, an ancient enemy of theirs, who God had actually said, don't interact with these, these guys because they're evil. But he makes this kind of geopolitical treaty with them in order to, to get a, a, away from Israel. And here's what happens. They actually do. They, they push this king away. But the problem is, is, is that Asa responded by going to this thing of the world instead of kind of the deliverance from God. And this is what a prophet comes and speaks to King Asa. This is verse 7. It says, At that time, Hanani the seer came to Asa, king of Judah, and said to him, Because you relied on the king of Aram and not on the Lord your God, the army of the king of Aram has escaped from your hand. We're not the Cushites, Zerah, Zerah the Cushite. We're not the Cushites and Libyans, a mighty army with great numbers of chariots and horsemen. Yet when you relied on the Lord, he delivered them into your hand. This is a verse you guys have probably heard. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. You have done a foolish thing, and from now on you will be at war. Asa was angry with the seer because of this. He was so enraged that he put him in prison. And at the same time, Asa brutally oppressed some of the people. His life ends with him saying that in his 39th year of his reign, he had this foot disease that he eventually dies from because he went and chose to ask for like physicians at that time that were not like doctors, but like kind of spiritual you know, healers. He went there instead of asking the Lord for deliverance. And this is what the Bible tells about his life. So it's a, it's a tragic ending, but I hope it's a, a good encouragement slash warning or exhortation for us. Our entire life must be lived seeking the Lord. We cannot ever take for granted or, or say, hey, I got this one figured out. You know what, God, this issue in my life, you know, I'm, I'm going to turn to this thing instead of going right to Him, right to our Lord, or instead of seeking Him and saying, I want You to deliver me, God. When we start to choose any other route, I just feel like God is, God is not pleased with that. He's saying, I want to deliver You. I want to be with You in these situations. Would You come to me? So I want the band to come on up. We're going to Move into a time of response. A couple of ways that we're going to respond this morning. And we have plenty of time. We have about 15 minutes. Where I just want you to take this 15 minutes and, and there's going to be kind of a personal response in your own kind of like just, to just start talking to the Lord about what's going on. And there's also going to be a, a way that you can come and get prayer. So the first way that, that we want to pray for people is say, do you need peace in any area of your life? Do you, need, do you need prayer? Do you need King Ace's prayer from chapter 14, verse 11? This place of humility, God, I'm powerless. Would you help me? Do you need that kind of prayer in your life for some issue? We want to pray for you. We want to bring it to the Lord with you. So there's going to be people up here, if there's any kind of prayer needs you need in your life, finances, relationships, health, anything, you name it. We want to respond. We want to respond in prayer. 
Second thing is this, is that we just want to ask, hey, Lord, am I committed to seeking your face? And that's, that's the personal response. And that's, I just want you to just start saying that right now. Like, am I committed to really seeking your face? Have I made choices to turn to you to deliver me from whatever? Or have I just made the choice to turn to you because I want to know you as the God who delivers? I want to know you as the God who, who, who revives me. I want to know you as the supernatural God that's going to lead my life in a powerful way. If you ask yourself that and, and just allow the Lord to speak in any way and just say, Lord, how can I commit to seeking you? Maybe it's, I'll throw out a few ideas. Maybe it's, hey, I'm, I'm going to commit my commute to work, to seek your face. Maybe it's as parents, we say, it's so important for us to show our kids that we seek the Lord as parents, that we're going we're gonna to do times with, with our kids. We're going to read the Bible. We're going to start that in our lives. Maybe it's, you know, for students, you guys saying, hey, I'm, I'm going to carve out, I have time in my life. I got, I'm going to carve out an hour a day to go to the, the chapel and just start praying. Maybe it's gathering together in a small group and say, hey, let's seek the Lord at, at noon every single day. Whatever it is, how do you choose to respond to this message? And, and some might be saying, hey, I, I have been seeking the Lord, but I, I have felt like I haven't found him. I, all this stuff that you're talking about, it doesn't seem like God's super easy to find. And I, I want to say I've been in that situation many times. And one of the best ways to kind of break that off is to go talk to someone and, and say, hey, can you pray for me in this area? I'm just not feeling. It's really hard to, to get into the presence of the Lord. Can you pray for me? So you got a couple ways to respond. Use this time. We have about 15 minutes right now just to ask the Lord what he's doing in your life and then come and get prayer. We're going to have a prayer team. If, if the prayer team could come up or a few elders or faith group leaders, let's pray right now. Lord, we, we want to be a people like King Asa who sought your face. We believe, Lord, that that's the second condition for revival in our lives. We, we come humbly and we come to seek your face. We want to know who you are. We want to get to know you as the God who revives. May we be a people who respond to you this week. In Jesus' name, amen.